The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Josh Norris here with the Roto World Football Podcast, end of week 15 edition. I'll have Roto Pat on later to talk about his rankings. Um, first, I want to say that if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And if you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, please rate and review the podcast. We haven't forgot about you. Just as of now, iTunes is down. Um, I think Evan Silva, who's on the line, it's too hot of a commodity to receive a compliment from Evan so they just wanted us to delay it another week, Evan. So I apologize that I'm ill-prepared for these rates and reviews. You have to save it up for next week. Is that okay with you? Yep. Let's just let's just talk <laughs> football this week. <laughs> okay, that works with me. Evan's matchups column is obviously up on Roto-World. There's a lot of football words about every single fantasy-relevant player out there. You should all check it out. Um, let's start with a big name, Evan, and that is T.Y. Hilton. Um a lot of people are worried about T.Y. obviously um, going up against the Minnesota Vikings, a Vikings defense that has been a fantasy racer at times. Uh, it looks yeah. like Dante Moncrief has, has been hurting. Um, Andrew Luck has been hurting. Are you so confident in T.Y. this week? Yeah, I mean, it's not a good matchup, you know, in theory. Uh, however, you have a lot of positive factors working in T.Y. Hilton's favor as well. Um, Dante Moncrief doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, when Dante Moncrief missed five games earlier this year, T.Y. Hilton averaged almost 11 targets per game and over 100 yards per game and scored four touchdowns in those five games. So the Colts know that they are at a severe, severe, severe disadvantage without their best offensive lineman, Jack Muhort. Uh, and they would have been at a severe disadvantage even if they had Muhort against the Vikings ferocious pass rush the vikings are number three in the nfl in sacks um so what you know what what let's put ourselves in the mind of rob chudzinski their offensive coordinator what do you think that he's doing all week he's trying to script up figure plays out for ways yes <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so while the matchup is a problem uh there are things that we can hang our hats on here for T.Y. Hilton. Number one is his incredible big playability. Number two is his usage. Um, number three, he gets to play with a, a good quarterback who has had an on-field connection with him for years. Uh, and they know that they're going into a very rough environment. Um, and they're going to have to do this thing pretty much together. I think that we may see Jack Doyle involved a little bit more right. this week. 
Um, but I think that this is, you know, this is a game like where we talked about Julian Edelman last week, how he had like 15 target potential uh, against the Ravens. And he actually did have 15 targets. You know, I think that this is a, a, a situation where T.Y. Hilton has like 13 to 17 target potential. And because he plays inside so much, Josh, he's going to avoid Xavier Rhodes, who only moves into the slot 2% of the time. Great point. Um, Evan, your boy Michael Floyd has a new team. Uh, this opens the door for J.J. Nelson. J.J. Nelson, who previously the season – we talked up as a starting wide receiver, and then he did absolutely nothing in his opportunities. In fact, he literally dropped them. Um, but now he's obviously back in the fold because John Brown is capped off at like 20 snaps. Um, we know that J.J. Nelson, we talked about even during the preseason, Evan, that he's one of the best vertical threats in the entire NFL, one of the fastest players, right? What do you see his matchup against the New Orleans Saints? The Saints defense that, at least against the run, has drastically improved in recent weeks. Yeah, the Saints have been not a bad defense at all. You know, definitely not like a shutdown defense and one one that we have to fear. Uh, but they've been a respectable defense for like six weeks, uh, maybe even more. But J.J. Nelson, so they gave him the starting spot, and then he kind of blew it in a game against the 49ers. And then the last two weeks, uh, he has been in a reserve role. He has three touches the past two weeks. You know what he did with all those three touches? Three touchdowns? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's some efficiency right there. And earlier this year when Michael Floyd missed the game against Carolina, J.J. Uh, Nelson played 92% of the snaps yeah. and saw 12 targets. And, and even some red zone targets. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, he, he actually got wide open. I remember one specifically where he was just – nobody was even covering, right. covering him, but still, you know. Uh, like to see that like to see Carson Palmer just looking for him in the red zone period he, he had another red zone uh, touchdown catch um, two weeks ago so he's going to be out there a lot he's got incredible big playability you know the defense that we don't fear and uh, you know like I'm starting him wherever I have him I'm starting him this week huh. interesting let's go to running back Ty Montgomery as the Packers wanted us yeah. to know running back Ty Montgomery James Starks uh, is most likely out for this game, right? Suffered a concussion during a car accident on Monday, something like that. And it's not like James yeah. Starks was playing anyways. So it's Ty Montgomery and Kristen Michael. And Kristen Michael uh, screws up plays every once in a while, and it just doesn't seem like he has the team's trust, even though he's running decently well when on the field. But Ty Montgomery is the main focus at running back for as much of a focus, I guess, that the Packers can give a running back. Yeah, Ty Montgomery was up to 51% of the snaps last week, 12 touches. Uh, he had some great runs, uh, like, between the tackles. I mean, he, you know, he, he, can, he knows how to, like, burst through contact and keep his balance and, you know, finish a run. You know, he, he has that within him. He, he's kind of like a poor man's David Johnson almost. Um, and he's – so James Starks, it looks like he's not going to play. And he, was, he wasn't playing a lot, but he was also like a threat to Ty Montgomery's playing time because Ty Montgomery sometimes has issues in pass protection, and that's the one area where they can the Packers felt like they, they could trust James Starks. Got it. Um, so Ty Montgomery's passing game usage is not threatened whatsoever. Uh, Kristen Michael actually was out of practice on Thursday with an oh. illness. Now I, now I expect him to play, yeah. but this has been a guy who's been with the team for two weeks. You know, like he needs practice time. Um, 
so this backfield is going to be, be reduced. And Ty Montgomery, he had his, his big game in that Thursday nighter against the Bears uh, in week seven. Um, and I don't know that he's going to see that kind of usage. I think he had like almost 20 touches in that game. But I think that he can get to like 15 or 18 here huh. uh, just because the opportunity is kind of working in his favor. And the, the Bears are without uh, both of their starting inside linebackers. You know, that's a, a matchup that the Packers might be able to think that they can exploit with Ty Montgomery. Um, and also the weather is supposed to be pretty bad. Yeah, like zero so, degrees at kickoff or something. Like latest I heard was like maybe even negative seven or something. Right. Something crazy like that. So – you know, aren't you I don't, there? I don't think, like, isn't that where you live? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's really cold. All right, you know, yeah. it's really it, well. It, Evans it, weather it, report. It, it, it was ten when, when I, the last time I checked, and that was like at the warmest part of the day. Got it. Yeah. Let's go to Joe Flacco. Who? God, this is a terrible pun, Evan. In a segue, uh, instead of being <sighs> cold, he's been on fire. <laughs> I just limped into that one. Uh, yeah, over the last two weeks, like quarterback five or something, like absolutely crazy. Yeah, and and we were talking about this before the podcast started, that um, the Eagles give up a ton of yards down the field, right? Like twenty plus yard receptions are the worst team covering there. Um, and Joe Flacco, even though he hasn't done it that much this year, always has a history of those big plays down the field. Um, so is is this a time where there's so many terrible? quarterback matchups this week in terms of the top names yeah. that you'd be considering using Joe Flacco in, in that spot instead. Yeah, I actually picked him up off the waiver wire uh, in one of my fantasy semifinals, and I'm going to use him over Jameis against Dallas. Okay. I'm going to use him over Dalton against Pittsburgh, um, and I'm going to use him over Mariota at Kansas City. Okay. How, how would you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I, that makes sense to me. And like some other names that I'm looking at, Across the board are like are just where Pat's rankings are, like Eli against Detroit, uh, yep. Matthew Stafford against the Giants. Um, yep. I mean, th- those are up for discussion as well. I mean, I, I, think I would use Flacco over both of those for sure. Yep, there you go. So that, that's that's really fringe top twelve when you when you're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Joe Flacco's been you know he, he's coming back from ACL tear. Maybe we should have expected him to struggle in the first you know ten weeks back from that. But he's been good in fantasy for like three out of his last four games. Yeah. Of course, he got a cupcake against the Browns. Uh, but then he he ripped up the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins, who entering that game had been good in pass defense. And then uh, in, in this last game, you know, they dominated the Cardinals. So, and then Joe Flacco, I mean, he, you know, they lost to the Patriots, but he moved the ball all game right. in the air. So... And the Eagles' defense is just hemorrhaging fantasy production to opposing passing games. Especially when they're on I the mean, road. Yes. Yeah, they've been <laughs> particularly bad on the road. That's true, although they've also been bad at home lately. Um, I mean, they, they just have a bad defense. And, you know, like their, their defense is bad at this point in the season, and we want to attack it. When you, when you can't have got, when you don't, when you can't cover and you can't rush the passer, you're screwed. And, and Joe Flacco can take advantage of that in his current state. He's he's a great fantasy play this week. He's and, he's the cover boy on my matchups article. How about and, that? Yeah, there you go. And if you want to stack him with someone, I guess Mike Wallace is the best bet because of that downfield production. Yeah, I mean e- either of the guys. You know, you're looking at Steve Smith and you're looking at um, 
at, at Mike Wallace, absolutely. Uh, and I, I wouldn't start Brashad Perryman in fantasy, but this is a kind of situation where we we could say, see him big make plays. a big play. Yep. He has, he's started to make some big plays recently. He, he's been a lot better. Only two drops on the season. I know that that's why people didn't like him was because of his hands. Uh, I think he, he's got a shot, man. I mean, he's in a better spot right now. I feel better about him than like Kevin White or I don't know. We'll see about Josh Doxson. It's very unfortunate. For future stuff, that, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I, I still feel good about him. He just yeah. turned twenty three years old. Right, right. Um, that's like half the age of Kevin Benjamin. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm really excited to see Kenneth Dixon getting the ball more and more and more opportunities with that. Yeah, um, that's my guy. Let's close out, Evan, with Antonio Gates. Um, this is a little hashtag narrative street you were telling me about. Yeah, I had a bad call last week on Dion Lewis. Um, I, I just totally blew that. Uh, you know, I think that we learned, and this has nothing to do with Antonio Gates, but I think that we learned that the Patriots are not just going to be a matchup-specific offense. You know, that they are going to, you know, they're gonna, they're using the running game. They're they're throwing a lot of play-action passes. They're they're staying on schedule, and they they felt like they could run the ball against the Ravens. That tells you that they have a lot of a lot of confidence in their running game. Period. Um, so I just wanted to apologize for screwing that one up. Yeah, so Philip Rivers, since way back in the offseason, has been talking about how he wants to get Antonio Gates the NFL touchdown record for tight ends. Okay, I mean, Philip Rivers was talking about this in, way back, like in June, April, I don't know, right after the Chargers re-signed Antonio Gates and let Ladarius Green walk. Um, he has talked about it again during the season. How, yeah, that you know, that's that's one of our goals this year. Um, and they got three games left, and they need right. three more touchdowns. And you would think that they want to probably do it at home, right? In, in front of the home crowd. I mean, they they're only getting two more games in San Diego. Yeah, and, yeah. and then they're moving to LA. So I like it when you're going against the grain here, Evan. It's good stuff. I mean. Look, the the tight end position is a wasteland, like we talk about every single week. And yeah. I don't even know how much Antonio Gates is on DFS sites or anything. But, I mean, if you want to pay up for Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Matt Ryan, types like that, you're going to have to skimp somewhere. And rather than it being yeah. Robbie Anderson, it might be Antonio Gates. Yep. I mean, I, I think Philip Rivers has a good game. Quarterbacks have been having good games against the, the Raiders, period. Uh, Philip Rivers already lit them up uh, once this year. He lit them up twice last year. Uh, and I think that he's a good fantasy start. And I think that Antonio Gates is a fun daily fantasy play nice. this week. Because when they get in scoring position, man, I mean, they're going to be trying to get the ball to him. Cool, Evan. Thanks so much, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. All right. And for everyone else, stay tuned. Here comes that guy, Rotopat. Welcome back to Rankings Time with Roto Pat. Patrick, what's been going on with Roto Emilia lately? Um, well, she's trying to take a nap right now. Uh, just heard her uh, coo from the other room. Uh, she's desperately trying to crawl, and she grabs everything. She like grabs and injures my face all the time. <laughs> like whenever, whenever I pick her You're up, even getting like, bullied by. Yeah. She'll just like immediately grab my lip or something. She cut my lip today. She just grabbed it and like violently ripped at it. 
<laughs> were, were you ever bullied like in middle school or lower school or something like that? No. No? No, to be honest. No. Sorry. I, I, is, I don't, is it upsetting I'm, if, I'm, if, I if that profile. surprises me? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I always had uh, – I was always – average sized and i always had the the weapon of humor so yeah no i wasn't really ever bullied got it all right well let's just go to these rankings i was hoping for like an awesome story about when you were shoved into the locker and i got put in the toilet no yeah uh, whatever there was a very a very close-knit catholic school so we we weren't about that bully life that's where your humor comes from is catholic school yeah Um, probably kirk cousins pat is your quarterback one i'm not saying like you're wrong you know I'm just saying, like, Kirk Cousins at quarterback one doesn't really – Just pe- like, people are saying. roll. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. I'm just saying. People uh, are saying. So, yeah, like, what makes you amp for Kirk Cousins against the Carolina Panthers on Monday night? Well, hold on. I, I wouldn't say I'm amped. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, I feel like I say some variation of this every week, but – I mean, this this honestly might be the hardest week I've ever had to rank. A yeah, and I, I was going to start off with that because obviously, like all the big names are having difficult matchups. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, not just not just matchups, but like you know, personnel questions and weather questions. So like, you know, Kirk Cousins obviously no secret, it's been pretty consistent all year. Is one of the top volume kings in the NFL and has at least two touchdowns and eight straight starts. He's averaging three hundred and twenty-seven yards during that uh, time span. Uh, it's a fairly attackable matchup and it's a fairly attackable matchup at home. So it's just a good setup for him. And then you get to all the guys around him. You got Matt Ryan missing, might be missing Julio Jones, probably will be missing Julio Jones. You have Russell Wilson, you know, extremely inconsistent this year. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers, you know, going on the road with two soft tissue injuries to play a game like in the North Pole, essentially. Uh, the high is like literally one degree in Chicago on Sunday. You got Brady against the Broncos, Roethlisberger on the road against the Bengals, who always seem to have his number. Drew Brees in Arizona, Andrew Luck in Minnesota, Derek Carr, who's completing fewer than fifty percent of his passes with his injured pinky. And you just kind of see a really screwed up lay of the land where Kirk Cousins is king for at least one week. <laughs> this sounds like season whatever of Game of Thrones. Yes, exactly. He's Kirk. You know, it's always who you least expect, and Kirk Cousins is on the Iron Throne for the <laughs> fantasy semifinals week. So Got it. Go figure. And and for all of you who play FanDuel, I mean, Kirk Cousins is only seventy five hundred. Um, so as Pat's quarterback one, when when that screws up, just. <laughs> Tweet at him. It's at Roto Pat. Um, let's go to the next name. My guy, Devontae Freeman, at running back five. I think last week, um, Pat, I talked up Devontae Freeman as like a top five running back play. And then by circumstance of the team not getting a lot of opportunities on offense because of what their defense did and being so far up the scoreboard, like should people be worried that Devontae Freeman didn't get a lot of touches last week and it was kind of the Tevin Coleman show in many ways? Because I had someone this week say, well, it looks like they're back to featuring Tevin Coleman and not Devontae Freeman. Not like that ever happened. But for a while there, it was clearly Devontae Freeman as somewhat of a workhorse as, as Tevin Coleman coming back from injury. 
I think it's still going to be Devontae Freeman. But, I mean, even if you're worried about Tevin Coleman, I mean, the beauty of this week is that this backfield is uh, big enough for the two of them against the San Francisco 49ers who are somehow allowing 170 rushing yards per game, which you know, basically shouldn't be possible, but it is. And they're just historically bad on the ground. And like we kind of mentioned earlier, the they're going to be missing Julio Jones. I mean, this could be a game where there's like at least 35 rushing attempts for the Falcons. And traditionally, even when Tevin Coleman's played well this season, you know, Devontae Freeman still leads and touches. He seems to usually lead in the red zone, maybe not earlier in the year, but uh, Devontae Freeman's actually kind of been better when Tevin Coleman plays almost like he's fresher. And that's kind of the Falcons coaches kind of predicted that over the summer, by the way, that they thought Devontae would, I thought it was like coach speak at the time. They said that Devontae would be better with Tevin Coleman spelling them, which to me, I flagged as immediate coach speak and like mocked in like three blurbs, but uh, ended up being true. So, yeah, I'm just not worried. I mean, the, the matchup's just too good. His track record this season's too good. I think he's, uh, I, I wouldn't say safe top five, but safe top eight. So deploy with confidence. Um, Des Bryant, yes. on the other hand, is wide receiver five after getting absolutely shut down by Janoris Jenkins, which was an opportunity. Like, it, it could have been seen, right? Because Janoris is playing at a high level. Um, De- and that was not much of a passing game, obviously. Um Look, now he's 10 Bay Bucks, who have really emerged on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and you must have a lot of faith in him bouncing back from a rough week despite going up against another tough defense. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's not quite as bad as quarterback, but in the lay of the land also pretty screwed up at receiver. I mean, after like after basically the top four, if you include an injured Julio Jones, it's that like any given week, it's like, who should I even rank it? Like Amari Cooper, who's had like 50 yards the past right. eight weeks. So, but you know, even last week's disaster, Des still had nine targets. And in the previous four games that, I mean, he had basically been vintage Des, uh, 21 catches, 352 yards and four touchdowns over his previous four games for last week. So He's still being featured heavily. I mean, he's still a, a freak talent, one of the best players in the NFL, and it's definitely not a, an a easy matchup by any stretch. The Bucks playing you know, elite defense the past month, but it's in Dallas, and his recent track record's just good enough where, you know, when it, putting up Dez against like Doug Baldwin or Amari Cooper, I'm I'm still gonna bet on a, a Dez in the top five. Yeah, and Pat and Rarity, let's go to a defense. <laughs> Yeah, defense. I mean, after what I last to talk week, about. yeah. Well, but but look, like last week, the Atlanta Falcons like won people their first round playoffs, right? Yes. So yes, obviously, they did. defenses are important. And to me, the Ravens' defense at number six is not high enough. Um, they go up against a rookie quarterback who, in my opinion, is struggling. I know he played better against the Redskins last week, but Carson Wentz um, is being asked to throw the ball a ton. And I mean, I think the Ravens are extremely talented enough to really have and, and bottle him up in a lot of ways and make him force mistakes because we obviously want sacks and we want turnovers here with defenses. Um, I don't know how you'll answer this question by other than just listing on who's ahead of him and who's behind him. But <laughs> do, do, do you like, can you envision Carson Wentz like doing somewhat well, I guess? No, Is, okay. no, 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 God, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's a great matchup for the Ravens. It's just kind of it's very, very uh, like hot week at the top of the defensive ranks. You know, it's just 
so many good defenses with good matchups, and I completely agree that the Ravens are. I mean, the Ravens are going to completely stamp out uh, the Eagles' supposed running game, and so there's going to be a lot of turnover potential. But it's a, you know, Seahawks against Jared Goff, the Texans against maybe the worst offense in the league in the yeah. Jaguars, uh, the Bills against Robert Griffin the third. I mean, whatever you call that. Last week, I'm not really sure what that display was by the Browns. Uh, the Falcons against you know, the, the 49ers. 49ers which is, you could say the same exact thing. Just yeah, the 49ers seem to be the 49ers seem to be actively trying to lose. So that just seems like a you know the, the favorite uh, the motif here the cross country road trip. Yep. For the Falcons or for the 49ers, and yeah, the Dolphins against Bryce Petty. It's just like where can you go wrong really in yeah. this top six? So there's definitely. I mean, if you could put the Ravens at number one, I wouldn't really quibble with much but okay well you're good for you uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just a it's basically kind of like you know, choose your weapon at the top of the defensive ranks this week got it um and for all of you out there if you like this type of content you can check out a video of patrick darty <laughs> on nbcsports.com on rotoworld.com i think it's embedded in his rankings it is. I've been telling them. I, I ever since I started doing videos, I'm getting like harassed on the street. I mean, yeah. people won't let me live my life Can I ask anymore. You, will you answer this question honestly? Yes. How many times have you watched it? Uh, actually, zero. To be honest, no way. I'm dead serious. Yeah, I, I actually have been meaning to, but uh, I pretty much never like listen back to my podcasts or wow. watch videos anymore. We're, we're exact opposites. Just first off, where do, where would I, a busy man like myself, find the time? <laughs> and uh, no, I, it's just weird. You know, I don't want to be like nitpicky on myself. I should probably, you know, start doing. I'm sure there are things I could do better. So I should probably watch the videos. But, uh, uh, our boss Brett Vandermark uh, laughs at me because his office can see my desk, um, and <laughs> so sees you. He, he sees me watching myself, yourself. and so we all know that Brett is Mister Positive uh, and and Mister Compliment. So obviously yeah. he, 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 he he's talks a teddy bear. Up. Yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is. And so I'm he, sure he, I'm sure he's got nothing but positive reinforcement when he tell catches Amelia, you watching. Tell Amelia to stop messing up your moneymaker, Pat. She can't be giving you bloody lips or anything anymore. Yeah, no, thankfully that was after the video. So, right. uh, but yeah, otherwise we were gonna have problems around this house. Uh, <laughs> that's it. The baby can't stay at home during the day anymore. <laughs> All right, Pat. Uh, I'll talk to you next week, buddy. All right, my pleasure, Josh. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.